Welcome to another week's edition of Good Band, Bad Band, where we talk about two musical artists whose names sound similar, but the music is different, very different. This week we're talking about Soldier Boy George. I'm Jared. Caleb. This is Tyler. You feel, you guys feeling cranked? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling cranked. Tell him. This is a, a man named DeAndre Cortez Way. It's his birth yep. name. He also goes by Soldier Boy Tellum, Young Draco, Big Soldier, and S. Breezy. But particularly Soldier, Soldier Boy, Boy is what yeah. most would say. They would yeah. know him. Too many names for someone with such little talent. Oh, Ooh, he's coming right at him. My goodness. Coming right at him with the lack of talent. He's an okay producer. His songs suck a lot. He's an okay producer. I don't understand how... Why is Pretty Boy Swag a popular song? I don't have an answer for that one. It's bad. A lot of whispers going on in that one. Pretty Boy It's horrible. Right yeah. It's... Kiss Me Through the Phone is uh, questionable. Although it was kind of uh, a bit of ahead of its time. You know, we had to kiss people through the phone through this. Uh, pandemic. It's true. It's true. It's like Soldier Boy knew that sexting was on the way. Oh, oh, it was probably it was there at the time, but like really on the way. Uh, like that is re- like we're well, it's OTW. all we're gonna do for like a year. Uh, I can't have sex with you, but I certainly can tell you about kiss it. You through the phone. I can kiss you through the phone. He's pretty direct about the fact that his lyrics are uh, how I would describe as um, abysmal. Simple? Oh. Yes, they're they're they're, yes, they're bad. Simple. He ad- simple, admits but... to this. Yeah, well, I, he wouldn't use the word abysmal. I said I would use the word. Uh, yeah, he's quite. He said that his lyricism, like he's not trying to pin. Like I think he said that um, he's not trying to be Lupe Fiasco. Uh-huh. Is the way that he put it. So he, I, I put zero effort into it. I just want you to know I'm not really trying. I'm not. I'm. I'm just. And then he also had to clarify. He's like, I like Lupe Fiasco. It's just that, like, well, I'm not gonna write songs he, like him all the he time. He probably had to clarify because if you look at his Wikipedia page, it shows controversies, and it's pretty long. He's gotten lots of beefs with various people. Yeah, he um, sure does. Over his time. And I mean, the the fight between him and Jake Paul is looming now because Jake I Paul is fighting that everybody. That was crazy. That he he. Uh, so I watched that fight. Uh, Jake Paul versus Mayweather this past week. Oh, I forgot that happened already. Yes. Did he get wrecked? Uh, it was just uh, kind of a shit show. Anyways, okay. Uh, later, around the time that it was either right before or right after, Soldier Boy posted this video that he did uh, where he had tied up Jake Paul and punched him in this video as like, I don't know if it was like a preview of a, one of his music videos or like YouTube video or something like that. Uh-huh. But Soldier Boy was basically like, I I made Jake Paul, you see, like oh, like I fought him first, kind of thing. Which yeah. is like, wasn't a real fight, but it was still like a verbal kind of snafu. Yeah, a fight. It sounds like physical, he's just looking verbal. for for oh, yeah. all of this. Yeah, he is a very trolly, and he's just looking for anybody to clap back at him so that he can get more clout. Yeah, Absolutely, because uh, he has nothing else. Did you see he, he uh, currently is in a bit of a thing with? WWE superstar Randy Orton. 
It's true. Oh, nice. Back and forth on Twitter about getting in the wrestling ring. I don't think that that's probably going to happen because he's so irrelevant now that why would the WWE do this? Right. Right. Which is why it makes sense that they would bring like a Jake Paul in. WWE would. Like that mm. would be a little bit more logical than a soldier oh, I boy. I hope not. I hope not. I well. I mean they have bad buttons. He's a little bit he's bigger. Who is the guy they just had at WrestleMania, the YouTube guy who was just terrible? What? Uh I don't are you talking about Bad Bunny? No, the YouTube guy. I don't know. The one who was uh, was Sami Zayn? Oh, that was a Paul. Yeah, they were there. Yeah. That was a uh, Logan, I think. I don't even know. I don't I didn't I didn't even know there were two for a long time. And then now it's like yeah. they multiplied and they're both bad. Yep. It's they're true. They're both bad. It's true. Um anyways, yeah. So I will agree with you, Tyler, again, that his lyricism is uh, simple, and that's why his songs are bad. You know, like, that's why his songs are not good. I think it's more than that, too. I mean, when I I haven't really listened to Crank That in a while. Right. And I remember hearing it a lot when it came out. Yeah. And upon a listen, it's not even just that, like, his his lyrics are simple and basic, and so it makes it bad. There's just, like, it's... his music is like really not dense at all. It's void of a lot of things. There's like a beat and a melody and him. Yeah. Saying words and that's it. And it like, they just sound void. They just sound void. It sounds empty. It doesn't sound like it sounds like I don't even, it sounds like anyone could do this at any time with just a computer. I mean, that's exactly what happened, though. Like, anybody could do this at any time, and so he did. Like, that was literally... And especially because, like, the reason that he really exploded is because he... And I I hate, like, to credit him on, like, some of the the very obvious things, but he is kind of a trailblazer in terms of, like, like, using the internet as a tool to become famous. Like, he's one of the earliest artists to do that and use the internet to gain popularity and, um, you know, like become a millionaire from it, you know, so quickly off of just like making kind of crappy videos and putting them on the internet and gaining notoriety from that. Well, not just that, but so like he was, he's was an independent Mm -hmm. artist at that time. So like other people in the music industry were using the internet uh, and, you know, like, I can't think of any like big examples of people that like had websites early or whatever. Not but big examples because it was fairly common-ish at that point. In, in time. 2006, yeah, it was very yeah. common. But for an independent person to put their music out on uh, MySpace, I assume, and, mm. and things like that, uh, SoundCloud maybe was a thing at that time. I don't know. I don't think so. But, uh, but. put put the music out and uh, get discovered through just like. SoundClick is the website. So you SoundClick, YouTube, and MySpace. Okay. Um, and then um, get picked up by a major label. So, like, he never had to be a lyrical genius because it never, no. his first song was based on, which uh, it's kind of funny around that time, all of the various rap songs that included a dance with it. You know, like uh, uh, A Bay Bay, I think, had a dance and. Uh, 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 pop lock and drop it had a dance you know like they all had dance he, he would have also been very popular right now in the tiktok era oh, yeah. of music like oh, his yeah. whole his whole gimmick would have been like tiktok 
based, you know? Unfortunately. All right, TikTokers, I'm going to teach you a dance, and it's going to be me wiggling my leg. Yule! That's the whole thing. It's all, it's like, and it's it's very odd to me, honestly, that it even gained a lot of popularity because even at this time, I guess that style of hip hop was not really a big deal. Um, because, you, I mean, well, mean? like the, I, I guess, I'm not even sure exactly how to categorize his style of rap. Like, it's just like, um, uh, what is it called? Trap? Snap? It's yeah, it's it's about. it's definitely in the realm of a trap. It's similar to a trap rap artist, and trap rap is not something that became popular until only like the last five years, really. I would say. Uh, tell that to Ti. Mm. Mm. I don't know that I would put Ti in the trap conversation though. Uh, Ti is a creator of trap music. You didn't know that? No. Yeah, he's the he's the creator. His 2003 release, Trap Music, oh. which featured Rubber Band Man. Yep. Hmm. Caleb doesn't know the history of trap. I don't know the history Great. of trap. He just or knows the history of trap. There's a big. There's a lot of tension, Absolutely. and not not as much now as there was at the beginning. But there was a decent amount of tension between Ti and the trap community. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Not long ago, right when it was getting big, because he's like, uh, "This is I started trap music. I know we know trap music. This has been around. I have been in trap music since my, you know, the beginning of my career." Uh-huh. And uh, that's a contentious point that I guess at some point could be worth looking at, man. But um, that's why it kind of makes sense. There was a little bit of earlier or something in here, and then this is just like this isn't even like. Soldier Boy is not even totally trap. I don't even know what it is. You're right that it's hard to describe what it is. But right. part of the reason is because it's just like so little there. Uh, and I would agree with that because it, it's close to the idea of trap, but it also has some of the flair of like that, the mainstream sound of that time, which is like the ludicrous, the 50 cent, like that style of hip hop that was kind of starting to fade away at that point. Like the early to mid 2000s hip hop was clearly there, but also a little bit more of a concept of the kind of um, copy paste style of hip hop we see. Like the uh, a, a very obvious example I would say is that Gucci Gang guy. Like, oh, yeah, that is an example of like that became popular. Talking about Gucci Mane? Yes, like the Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, like that song. Oh, that's no, that's a little pump. Yes, that one. Mm-hmm. That oh, one. Goodness. Sorry. Little what pump. the hell's happening? I don't know. The little pump. So like that style of a song could become popular when there is such like such a lack of variety or idea within the song. That's something that I could see happening more often now, but not as much in like the 2007 era of time. We should also see we've mentioned. I can't believe that this episode uh, is basically turning into like a record roundtable like uh uh, dissection of tra- like who knew like, there's so much other things and we're like listen let's really dissect the music of soldier boy it's like it's not even really there well, that's why even, i was yeah why are we doing this well, that's it's why like, i was i was just gonna move away from it i was gonna say that we should get into some of these like really really weird things he created because his own he's a, game system yeah like but they were total ripoffs of other game systems yeah uh so like he's not just an, a musician at this point he's very much like this very strange entrepreneur yes who's like he's doing like uh has something to do with poker 
and uh-huh. he wants to get into cryptocurrency, uh-huh. and he's been doing fashion design stuff ever since like the beginning, and I'm sure it's also like you know stolen material and copy paste ideas. The only ideas. rapper like, that is allowed to get into crypto is still Akon for his Acoin in his paradise in Senegal, and he's also got another one he's working on. That is amazing. I will bring that up every time. He's got a real, like you go to this island that he, this paradise, and you give away, you convert all your money to Acon, Acoin money. That's a real thing. You convert all your money to it? I think that they don't take anything but that. Huh. You got nothing but Acoin. Yeah. Huh. I hope you can convert it back. No. Oh my God. It's all Acoin now. Oh, Acoin. They lock up your money. Whatever. Just wait. It's gonna be. It's gonna blow up soon. And then we'll all make a bunch of money off of it. Oh, thank goodness. Just wait till they have the the Doge Island that we all have to move to. Oh my, in the doghouse. Um, I, I guess I didn't really. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that I like know knew that Soldier Boy had this like uh, legend status, if you will, in like the hip hop community to a certain mm-hmm. extent of like mm-hmm. how he's this like. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not a trendsetter. I'm not saying he's not, like, he doesn't have big hits or whatever. Yeah. But, like, the recognition that he does is kind of odd, like, that it happened. I yeah. Guess. I really honestly thought that he has been, that he had just been completely 100% irrelevant for the last decade. Mm. But that obviously yeah. is not necessarily the case. Like, I don't think that he's had anything in terms of, like, hits no, he's not. people don't talk about him anymore but he certainly didn't just like completely fade away again like if you look through all of the weird stuff he's done over the last decade he's still like trying to do something you know like i don't know like it, i'm not saying that he's relevant but i guess i'm not saying that he's completely just like dropped off the face of the earth either um and i'll tell you this too he just releases so much freaking music why he does it on his youtube right it's primarily and stuff a mixtape every like 20 minutes like i didn't count but there were so many mixtapes yeah see you can't really like you can't really get back on the charts like that no like you can't you people have to miss you sometimes yeah and like it has to be a big deal for you to like make a return like you know, like Eminem, he'll release something every, like, year, and then he'll release two things in the same year or whatever. But, like, sometimes it's good to go away for a little while. And uh, some people just don't do that. They just don't go away. I think the problem with not, quote-unquote, like, like the idea of going away, also he has 62 mixtapes. 62 mixtapes. That's not including EPs, which he has 14 of, and not including... Uh, studio albums, which he currently has one, two, three, four, five, six, and apparently has the seventh one coming out in July. There's no way it's coming out in July. No, okay, I'm sorry. How can you blame me? This quote unquote sixth album is also still to be announced, but he releases a ton of mixtapes. Anyways, the the thing that is unfortunate with you not going away for a while is that you never really necessarily come up with new ideas. You haven't sat down to think of a new idea. You just keep churning things out. And I think that's what Soldier Boy has done, which is why he keeps his material so kind of like um, structured in the most simple way possible because he can make like 3,000 songs in a week as long as he comes up with one phrase. The song Pretty Boy Swag is effectively the phrase 
pretty boy swag. Yes. Pretty like yes. he doesn't have to do that much to make that no. song. He could probably throw together a beat in no. FL Studio in about twenty minutes and then rap over it. If you go, if you go, yeah, because to... they're so minimal. I, pretty much a whole Soldier Boy song that it takes like no time to make. No, not at all. No, if you go to SoldierBoyTalent dot com, it, it go it takes you directly to Interscope Records dot com. Yeah, he lost. He sold out his freaking record label for his website. He did. What that stinks. Out. Did you see some of the people who he had signed to his record label? He has his own record label. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Is it still a thing? Uh, no. Oh. That's what I mean. That's kind of what you were just saying, isn't it? No, I said I looked up his website, SoldierBoyTalm.com. I thought that was his. Uh, his. What are you talking about? Does that also? I thought he because he had a label. Maybe it was Stacks on Deck. What's his? La- he had a label at one point because he was doing record production. Well, I see Kali Park, and that's Bubba Sparks. Booty, 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 wrecking him around. He also had Riff Raff. Who did? Soldier Boy. On Stacks? Yeah, Stacks on Deck Entertainment had um, a couple different artists. I know I saw Riff Raff. Yeah, Riff Raff, Lil B, uh, Killa J. He also, apparently, there was a Soldier Kid, which oh. I'm sure is probably basically the same thing. Um, there's all, there's a little B and a little E. I don't know how people keep up with all this stuff. Um, looks like it's almost all him. It's mostly just all him. I don't see any other album released by anybody other than a golf. Yeah. That's it. I don't like that. Interscope's lucky that they let him, that they like absolved his domain in such a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Cause if he ever left them, I guess maybe he'd get the domain back, but I, I doubt it. Kind of seems ridiculous to like create this entire identity around yourself and then sell it to your record label. Yeah, because he's not going to be. Yeah, but it's also it's it's also just like you know every time someone types it in, they have to be Interscope has to be reminded by reminding people that he's on their label, which is just sad. Yeah, I'm surprised he's on a label, honestly. Like, he hasn't had a relevant song in a long time. But I agree. I suppose that they, well, because they would have the, like, they get the royalties from the songs, but they would have it regardless because if he, anytime you make an album on a label, then that, you get the royalty anyway. So it doesn't matter if you sign the artist still or not. Yeah. So I don't know why he would still be signed to a record label. He's not, he's not listed under artist section. So it would, that's weird. It just goes to it. Hmm. Also, I, uh, I'd like to state very quickly because I love, the awards and nominations that he has, if you spent any time looking at this. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, so I said he was mostly irrelevant, and that continues to be true via his awards. All Almost all of, except for one, his awards that he was nominated for were from 2007 to 2009. Okay. Uh, he was nominated for uh, different things like... Uh, he The one he won was 2007 Best Hip Hop Dance by BET hip-hop awards uh but my favorite is that he was um nominated for favorite male singer from the nickelodeon kids choice awards in 2007 yes that seems like maybe he wouldn't be the person who would get that one well he was a child then that's true he was like 16 when that first song first came out that is true and then in 2019 he won the social verified award from the bet awards which he also performed uh basically a greatest hits package on that, which I watched on YouTube. And mm. like, that was one of the things that was like, kind of like made you realize that he had a lot more hits than he actually did because yeah. like all of them, but like maybe one, which was like, Oh, this is my new single. So you guys should know it. Yeah. And it's like, these are not like what we just heard. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
but yeah, I, I and he was also nominated for a Grammy for a best rap song in 2008 for Crank That Soldier Boy. So, I mean, he was it. It is kind of surprising that he didn't have that much success after. But a lot of times when you get one, like especially in hip hop, when you get one dance song like that, you never have a second hit. Never. Yeah, Which is not, why it's it, surprising he had so many. Because he did. He had more. Th- I mean, that wasn't his only hit, was it? Because I'm assuming Chris, Kiss Me Through the Phone was a hit, wasn't it? It wasn't number one. That's well, what I'm no, saying. I'm not, okay, fair. Even close. I mean, what's a hit? You can call. He can call whatever he wants to hits if he wants. Oh, a hit is anything in the top 40. And he, right. So Kiss Me Through the Phone was number three, which that was, I mean, that's a big hit. Right. Turn My Swag On got to number 19, and Pretty Boy Swag was 34. So they're technically hits. Like, the, he performed them. Uh, on that BET thing. Yeah. But then after 2010, he never had another solo song chart yeah. on the Billboard. Out of all those 60 mixtapes. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't get a single song off You don't, of it. nobody, like, but songs for mixtapes never chart. No. I don't even know why people release so many, because I don't know how you make any money doing mixtapes. I don't know. I, Nobody's and buying like, them. The, even the conversation of mixtape versus album is like, what, like, like, what <laughs> you know like what is the difference does it matter at all uh, yeah you can put out a mixtape on your own because it doesn't cost anything I it's guess really just true. like an album that's not i don't know it's i don't know i guess it doesn't really matter jared can we go ahead and talk about soldier boy and drake uh, i suppose yes yeah. so uh soldier boy was on uh, a radio program i'm trying to remember what it was called breakfast club with uh, Charlemagne the God, that's his name. I didn't even have to look it up; it came to my mind. I don't know why. Why is it in there? Anyways, so he was on the Breakfast Club, which is a hip hop uh, radio program, and he was talking about how he created Drake and uh, how Drake ripped him off, and they were like, "Come on, this isn't you know, like there's no way what you're saying is real." And then he rattled off a few examples. Basically, Drake. Uh, stole his nickname because his name, uh, uh, Soldier Boy's name, if you uh, put the first name and last name together, uh, DeAndre, D-R-E, and then Cortez, C-O, Draco, that is his name, his birth name. And I guess Drake goes by something related to Draco. I, I don't really, I've never heard that, but I guess I hadn't either. But uh, and then also they played a clip. Is that what you're gonna play? The clip of the songs. I I think that's that's worth playing. They, basically, according to Soldier Boy, Drake ripped off uh Soldier Boy in like his first song. So we're gonna hear that in a moment. Hopefully, it's not bad quality. Like I ain't teach Drake everything he know. Hold on, you taught Drake everything he know. Y'all didn't hear Drake on his first song. Tell me what's really going on. Drizzy Drake back in this thing already. What's that? That's soldier. Hey, I would have never thought. Listen. What's really going on? Soldier boy up in this thing already. What's happening? I said, tell me. What's really going on? Drizzy back up in this thing. I'm ready. What's happening? He copied my whole oh, fucking shit. flow. That's kiss me through the phone. He copied my whole fucking flow. Oh, word for shit. word, bar for bar. Turn that, oh. Turn that off. That wasn't sold. That was not kiss me through the phone. That guy didn't even. Know yeah, I don't know why he said kiss me through the phone. That was definitely not kiss me through uh, the phone. But yeah, that was a uh, that was the thing that we 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 discovered there. Uh, quality was pretty terrible, honestly, but uh it it 
gets the show, message. Across. It gets the message. Yeah, that's the yeah. really what we have here is a yeah. message. And it also uh, is what led to Soldier Boy having one of his most recent, most important things is the meme of him reacting about Drake, mm. which is great. Yeah, that's that's true. him just getting real bent out of shape over it is Drake, pretty fun. Drake. Yep. Aubrey. <laughs> Yeah, the, the way he uh, called out Drake in that little thing, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. Doesn't. Uh, well, someone can uh, record, you know, decent songs, and someone can record bad songs. Oh boy, you're, so, you're picking Drake over uh, Soldier. Yeah, I don't even get. I don't even like Drake that much, but I, ha- I would have to. The only thing that I would say, and I don't even, I, I don't want to give credit to Soldier Boy if it's not there, but. Drake, oh, it's uh, not there. Drake uses um, Ghost, Ghost Riders. Riders, and so like, what would you rather hear? Good, well, uh, a quality rhymes from somebody that didn't even write them, or bad rhymes from somebody that did write them. That that's kind quality of quality rhymes. Yeah, I was gonna say probably quality rhymes from someone who but, didn't write them. But he didn't. But he. That's most of the music we listen to from like. Yeah, 60 that's most pop music we've had this discussion like before. Six, is, is a person not a, a just because? Oh, I'm talking. This is hip hop, though. I'm not talking about freaking. Uh, Why would hip hop be any different? Neil Diamond right. writing songs for the Beatles or whatever the hell we're talking about here. But I'm why would hip hop be different though? Because if you're saying I'm real, I'm from this vicinity of the world or whatever, you should be legitimate in what you're saying. I could write you a hip-hop song and still say that, like, you're from Ohio. But if you are saying, like... Drake's from Canada, though. Yeah, well... So I, I'm confused of what you're trying to get at. Caleb's saying he could write uh, a song no, no, for you. me. Me? Yeah, I don't you know what you're You understand what at. I'm saying? Yeah. I'm saying that he, like, thinks that he is... Uh, Tries to make himself sound like he's harder than he is, is what I'm saying. Like in his song, like... Soldier Boy or Drake? Drake. We're talking oh, about yeah. Drake. We're talking about both. Drake! All right. Drake! Um, well, th- I mean, that's the thing, though, is that it's other people making Drake look good. That's the whole idea of Drake's career, is that it's people trying to make Drake look How good. How can he have a song where he thinks he's the best rapper alive if he didn't even write anything? That what That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. I don't think that that's right. Most things don't make sense in music. All right. Well, you guys, your argument sucks. Started from the bottom. Uh, he did. Well, he didn't actually start from the bottom because he. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was like middle class. But we'll. we'll I mean, he was he was rich enough to be able to make it to Degrassi at a young age. Well, I yeah. mean, like not just Degrassi, then, but like him and his white friends worked in a store until things got wild. Oh, a store, you say. Uh, uh, Mr. Soldier Boy is only 30 years old. Isn't that weird? Seems, I mean, he's been around forever and he still could be around even longer. That yeah. Could be, that's like the problem, I guess. He could be, he could still be making mix, he, he's going to hit 100 mixtapes. Oh, no doubt. He's like easily going to, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, is that some type of a, at some point he'll try to talk about how good he is because he's had so much, re- so many releases. Yeah. He's going to be the He really eventually give him some time, he's going to be the next buckethead. Oh my god. Oh, That'd be please. A I'd love to see. Soldier Boy is the buckethead of hip hop. That's the take really of the day. I uh, hate that. Thank you. Uh the last thing of the Soldier Boy and then probably we're done cuz this is awful. Uh <laughs> Actually, I think I found one more quote. Uh Oh. Did you read about how he uh 
he was saying bad things about the military. Yeah, I did. That's well, one of those uh on the song uh, Let's Be uh Real. He said uh fuck the FBI and fuck all the army troops fighting for what bitch be your own man. I'll be flying through the clouds with green like I'm Peter Pan. I don't know where that second line came no, from. I'd like to just be clear. Like I wanted to make something rhyme. But uh that came out in September. Yeah. Uh 10 year, on the 10 year eve of uh 9/11. I don't think it came off uh, came out on the 11th, but it certainly doesn't matter. September of 2011. I know, but I'm saying No, I, no, I'm in the same month as the Yeah, the yeah I know. That's why I mean it didn't come out on the 11th, and he, I guess. He instantly like, regretted uh what he put out. No, he he regretted he got called out on what well, he put out. There's a there's really not a big difference there. Yeah, not a ton. You think there is, but there's really not. Uh, but anyway, so the last bit um is there was another song called "Crank That," uh, that Caleb and I know from our childhood by um a metal band called I Set My Friends on Fire, that uh was. Fairly big around the pop punk warp tour, and it, I think helped maybe a little bit soldier, but I think obviously that's the soldier boy song helped this yeah one a lot more yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I don't think that they probably did a whole lot for them, but you see depends on I guess oh the strings yeah, aren't even not even close. remote not even slightly remotely close, yeah, I don't think they probably did a lot maybe like just. Giving Soldier Boy like just like a little like salt sprinkle of crossover appeal with oh, yeah. someone else, but yeah, let's let's play some of what that could have sounded like in a in a different world. By the way, my God, bring some new bathe in And yes, people at any point in time in their life did indeed listen to that song. People did? Yeah. People did. Did you know that song, Tyler? Uh, no, that song is uh, a joke. <laughs> it is a joke, kind of, yeah. It is a joke. Which is why me sitting here listening to your discussion about its potential value for Soldier Boy is ironic and interesting. <laughs> well, but if if it meant... If it meant anybody would listen to that, it say, didn't I want mean to hear anything. the original. It, no, it, why would it? Because all the people who listen to this and like this know that that's it's making fun of it. That's true. It is making fun. So of it. why would they then go be like, "I'm going to listen to this Soldier Boy song now, and I like this song now." Well, I, I the thing is, I knew about both at the same time that they were out, and so I knew I saw MTV. A lot of people did probably. I saw MTV and I saw Soldier Boy performing it, and then I also had. Uh, the album by I Set My Friends on Fire. I can't. You can't spell la uh, slaughter without, slaughter without laughter. laughter. Yeah. The whole their entire album is full of songs that are like those kind of titles and joke joke tunes. It's a lot of joke tunes. The best one is Reese's Pieces. I don't know who John Cleese is. Was, yeah. I will say this though, and I think this is the important uh, counter argument to you, Tyler, on that one. 
is that I think that there's a lot of merit to the reality that the more you do something ironically, the more often you will do it unironically. I agree. It's like when you start saying like some kind of phrase that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm saying swag. This. Yeah, I say swag ironically. I say bad bitch ironically. And then after yeah, a while, you just you state just, all the time. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, wait, is this still ironic? I don't know. I it's keep not. saying it all the time. Yeah. But this song is still ironic. So, like, people might think they're like, oh, yeah, that, that joke song. I'm going to go listen to Soldier Boy. And then they might have just kept listening to that song because it's like, you know, like catchy in the way of, like, you know, um, bubblegum tastes sweet, so you keep chewing it. Like, it, it just, like, uh, I guess it's catchy because it was with a catchy beat. That's all that it really was. You know, like, it wasn't necessarily built to be a good song, but you will remember it. We all remember it quite well. And some remember the dance. I remember all of it. It's just horrible. I try not to remember it. Did you learn it ironically? No, he didn't. No. Do I seem like a? I mean, I guess I seem like a person that could do that, but not really. No, I no. You did no, have a not. fish picture in your Tinder bio. <laughs> <laughs> but those people I don't. Feel like I don't those, that was erotic. I, I just think you. I had that was one of the only recent pictures I had, so I had to use it. You don't have to explain it to me. Just explain it to Soldier. It's gone. It's, it's not there anymore. Explain it to Soldier. So I deliberately did not play a um, Culture Club song because I think it leads into my first important point about Boy George. Everybody knows Boy George from Culture Club, but so little of his career was spent in Culture Club. Like, ultimately, so much of what he did throughout his lifetime was removed from that thing. And obviously, like, his relevance and his popular music was all built out of that group, you yes, know? Yes. But it was only a couple of years. Five years. That that group existed, you know? Okay. That's all. I just It's just odd to me that, like, like we don't really know anything about Boy George, but he hasn't been a part. So you, you wanted to make an example by playing a song nobody knew. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. That's uh -huh. to say that, like, this song, like, we don't know almost anything that Boy George has done for, like, Social. Three decades, four decades, but he's still been doing stuff like that whole was time. Is that everything I own? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, that was like probably his only big solo single, really. Yeah. I don't. He's uh, an interesting cultural figure. He uh yeah. was the a judge on uh, either the X Factor or the Voice or something like that in the UK. I think it was the UK Voice. It was something. Uh, because I remember watching some clips of that, and mm -hmm. uh, he had uh a artist named Cody Frost that he was the coach for, and she was very good. Mm -hmm. And um, he sang, you know, like the judges will sing with the people and stuff. And, but like he, his opinion is important in British music, I think. Sure. And he was like, uh, we watched, the three of us watched a few different interviews he did. Uh, one with David Letterman he did back in the 80s. Yeah, that's great. So it's like, yeah. And uh, I watched a few other things like him talking about, you know, various things. But um, I don't know. Like, he's not he's not George Michael. No. No. Certainly not. I mean, I don't know. Like, again, 
I think he's important. I agree. But at the same time, I guess, like, there were a lot more impactful artists at that time. Um, and I think he was really – a lot of what made him popular is just kind of the imagery of who he was. Yeah. You know, like – not to say that he was a bad singer or that Culture Club didn't have some good songs, but I think that the the lasting memory of them is really kind of the way that Boy George presents himself. You know, he's more I, of a celebrity than a musician in some ways. I, uh, yeah, probably true. Yeah. Do you like um, Do you like the music of? I, I guess we'll stick mostly to Culture Club musically because that's what most people are familiar with. But obviously his solo music kind of still sounds the same. Do you like... Because I think that the thing that is always very oddly apparent about their music is the weird reggae elements that come out of Mm -hmm. it. I'm not sure where the reggae influence came from, I guess. I don't know. That is kind of an interesting thing. I think that that's pretty prominent as well. To me, Culture Club and Boy George are just like not as good Tom Tom Club. Oh my, coming at him! I, I'm not saying they're bad. They're yeah, just not yeah, as good. They Tom Tom Club only had one hit. Culture Club yeah. had like twenty. That doesn't mean that the music's not better. Uh, well, that does have to do anything? That's a very quality. Very you know what? You know why he quality does not equal quantity. Is uh, the Talking Heads? Uh, Tom Tom Club came out of Talking Heads, so that's it's why true. he likes them. You know, uh, you know who proved quality does not equal or quantity does not equal quality. Who? Who's that? Soldier Boy, who we listen, just spoke of. Listen. Oh, you know what? I don't that's go a back good down point. That wormhole. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, he's not wrong. Like, just because they had a lot of hits doesn't mean they were great. But there's, I think that there's some legitimacy to the fact that they did have a lot of songs. I mean, like. Karma Chameleon is obviously their biggest hit, but like, do you want to, or do you really want to hurt me? Is I think maybe one of the most memorable choruses. They're both number ever. one, so it, I don't really know how you would like dictate which was bigger. They both. Well, only one of them is in the movie without a paddle. Karma Chameleon is two times platinum, and uh, uh, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me is not two times platinum. So, so Karma Chameleon is a bigger hit, but they both got to yeah. number one, which is yeah, yeah. Cool. But yeah, I remember that from uh, was. What did they did Culture Club have a song in uh, the Wedding Singer? Was that in that too? Uh, yeah, because yeah, wasn't Boy it George in it? No, it wasn't Boy George. No, uh, Billy Idol was in it. That's who it was. That's right. He, uh, I feel like he didn't he appear as himself in something. I don't know. Boy George, I know I read something about. Hold on, let me make sure I reclarify because I know that he had a very short bit. Of a filmography that was related to his life. Oh, I think he, <laughs> he appeared as himself with Culture Club in a season four episode of the A Team. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. Da, 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 da. Yep. I think I'm thinking of Kajagugu Too Shy. I remember. I I only remembered because I knew it was weird. I just couldn't remember what it was and what made it so weird. Uh, Do you really want to hurt me? Is in the Wedding Singer soundtrack. Really? I don't see it on the any track. I'm looking right now on the soundtrack. Maybe it was in the movie, but not in the physical soundtrack. I bet that's what it uh-huh. is. There you go. But uh, yeah, I remember, I thought I remember it being in the film, but I remember the, uh, uh, what's the uh, uh, gender fluid character or whatever you want to call it. Which was obviously based off of Boy George. To some well, degree. I mean, a, a mixture of lots of those people. Yeah. Um, but that was, uh, uh, what was the name of that person? 
They were they what the I don't remember. I mean, I think that Boy George, though, was one of the more prominent 80s figures who did something like that. Like, like if you look at, like, a David Bowie, of course David Bowie was very flamboyant, but I don't think he was ever kind of trying to present himself as, like, kind of a, a neutral um, party. Ale- like, Alexis Arquette. That's who I'm thinking of. Alexis Arquette. Who played mm-hmm. the character George, uh, ironically enough. I wonder where they got it from then. I believe they were a sibling of David Arquette. Ah, and other. I think it's, it's David Ar- da- Alexis Arquette. There's other Arquettes, I think, in Hollywood, but David. Yeah, are you on a, Alexis Arquette is. Uh, have you? Did you all not see this person on Surreal Life? Oh, I don't it's think so. Birth name Robert Arquette. I don't think I remember that on Surreal. I the Surreal Life is awful. Well, Alexis Arquette is related to uh, David Arquette. Yes. It's David Arquette's sister. Yes. Who is uh, who's trans? Yeah. One of the earliest like trans celebrity people that was in uh they're also deceased. Well known, yes. Until just now. That's wild. But anyway, uh yeah. But no, I, I think that Boy George was one of the because um, again, like David Bowie flamboyant, but not necessarily androgynous. I think that was mm. something that he prided himself in was like, I'm not necessarily just presenting myself as flamboyant. I'm presenting myself in a way that kind of like defies gender norms, you Uh know? And I think that that was very difficult at that time. I think that obviously um, artists would be somewhat flamboyant, but it was never like a, like, I don't, I guess Prince is a good uh, example of a similar thing where Prince would also kind of present himself in a more um, androgynous kind of style as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very like feminine postures and what have you. Um, but obviously again, like that's the kind of style that I think a lot of people modeled at that time is the kind of style that like boy George did. Yeah. Especially in the eighties, you had a lot of different people like that in the eighties. Right. It's important for glam. You have to have it for glam. I mean, Bowie is the creator of glam and you can't, now you have to mimic it. Right. Yeah. So. Which I think, I mean, boy George is just pushing it into the pop realm in a different way though. Like, yeah. Because it, I don't know. I don't know how to say, it, how to describe it. it. With Bowie, if you listen to Bowie, you don't always have to think about Bowie doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a character that he's creating, or it's an idea he's pushing in the visual sense. Yeah, but it doesn't always come through into his music. Um, so, but Boy George, it's like because of because the visual part of Culture Club and everything was like more prominent really and because of the way music videos were going but you know in the mid 80s and all of that stuff right like when you think of boy george or you hear boy george it's hard to not also see boy george yeah no i agree i mean that's another one of those artists that like the 80s really built because of the fact that there's so much like imagery to it is because of like music videos it's like not to say that the songs of you know culture club weren't good songs but would they have been so popular had it not been a case that they had such like i like just such like visually appealing music videos because of just like how like flashy and colorful the group was also i did not realize um that boy george had such a um sordid history with drug abuse and legal troubles i guess i just never had looked a lot into him as like a human being obviously again like he's more of a celebrity than he is a <laughs> Do you remember um, the picture uh, of him doing community service that kind of 
was popular back in the mid 2000s. I I think I do. I'm gonna look it up again. <laughs> yeah, look it up. It's wild. He's wearing, yeah. I mean, he looks relatively normal in it actually, but I remember it being in tabloid pictures and things. But yeah, I, I mean, it's not like it's almost uh, assumed that people from the 80s that were like heavily into drugs at that time that fell off in terms of um, popularity would uh, have legal and and drug-related issues. What is he wearing on his head? It's a mask. I don't know why he's got Oh, that is a mask. Okay. It looks like he's wearing it as like a little hat. It's probably like in case like a bunch of dust or something came up, so he had to put it on. But yeah, yeah, it does look like a little hat. Um, Oh, speaking of the hats, just briefly, who did it first, him or Pharrell? Ooh, that's a good sure question. It was him. Sure, it was him. That's a good. You think it was him with this big old hat? Did he? Uh, but sure. I think Pharrell's is made out of wood. Is it? Oh, I think so. One of them is. Uh, some huh. some pictures of Boy George make him look like uh, the lead vocalist from Four Non Blondes. I could oh. see that. With this hat situation. Got uh, Do you think you could rock that hat, Tyler? No, there's no way. I could. This either. happened in uh, December. Too in big. August of 2006. So while, while uh, Soldier Boy was hitting number one on the charts, Boy George was sweeping the dirtiest streets of New York with a cute little mask hat on. Oh my gosh! I don't. It's so like weird. People that are able to stay in like rel like relative relevancy for like. 40 years. That's so weird yeah. to me. When we watched that interview, he said he was 22 at the time. Did he? Yeah. Uh, so it's like he was he on David Letterman that. when he was 22 years old. Yeah. And Culture Club was on, you know, like the tour. Uh, I don't know if, I mean, at least one of the big songs had come out. Um, and uh, yeah, he was, as uh, Caleb brought up earlier, the music of uh, reggae or whatever. And, and, David Letterman asked him about uh, how Culture Club is meant to meld all of the different musical cultures together uh-huh. and create music. And Boy George was like, yeah, well, uh, you know, music, people steal from other people music all the time. We're just admitting it, saying we are taking, you know, these different cultural things. But I, I don't know about the, you know, maybe like capitalizing on certain uh, – certain regions of music or whatever. I mean, the intention of it though, was that there were multiple different, um, ethnic backgrounds of the members of the group. So it wasn't necessarily, that, was that true though? I, I mean, I don't know. Roy, Roy Hay, um, was from England. Oh, I guess there's, yeah. Okay. Mikey Craig was Jamaican. And then a past member, John Moss, who passed away. Um, well, it looks like he was also from London. So really, what they're trying to say is... We have one Jamaican. We have one Jamaican in our group. Oh. Yes. That's... Yes. So when they say various ethnic backgrounds of the members, they mean we've got three UK guys and then one guy from Jamaica. Yeah. We are the club of culture. This is all there is. What a club. What a club indeed. Limited access. Token reggae. I uh, I also love that they were important enough to be a part of the Band-Aid uh, Do They Know It's Christmas song. Oh, yeah. 
that's, that's everybody like, in the UK that had any kind of relevance at that time was on that song. There's so many people in that song. That's that's like, man, boy howdy, that was a big song. I wish Bob Dylan would have been there to look like he didn't want to be there for that oh one. My goodness. If only he can't be there to act like he doesn't want to be there at everything, you know. Then he just wanted to not be there at everything. That's true. That's true. Be a sad, sad Dylan boy. Um. I also, another thing that I think um, is interesting about Boy George as like an individual as well, like I obviously one of the biggest and most um, notable things that people know about Boy George early in his career is that there was always that conversation around his sexuality. Like it was always such a big deal to people in the 80s, like, but are, are you gay? Uh-huh. And it's he was like, I think he literally said, "Oh, both." He was just like, "Yeah, yeah both, both, that. like whatever, <laughs> both." Like he said, he preferred a cup of tea. Yeah, he was like, "It's <laughs> like he's like this isn't that big of a deal to me." Like I'm just I, like, yes, I'm being like glammy and androgynous, but that doesn't Im- immediately mean that like I only want to have sex with men. Like yeah. I, I find it funny that uh, we that culture, uh, not to not the club of culture, hey. culture at all were so like dumbfounded by these androgynous people of the 80s mm-hmm. uh like uh boy george or george michael or uh-huh. uh the uh uh what's the we covered that one group where the guy was very androgynous uh dead dead or dead alive, or alive. Dead or alive that's right dead or alive person but we had all of these uh, very uh effeminate men of the 80s yeah. that they were con- you know like oh are you gay or not and then in the uh, we had like in sync, where we conf- we were confused about Lance Bass, and it was like, like, how can you be confused about Boy George? Like, it's kind of you know, like right. Like, I can kind of get the Lance Bass thing, but how could you be so confused by something so obvious? Right. It's like I mean, and I'm not to say, of course, that being androgynous or looking like that automatically means that you're gay, but I think that like. I wouldn't have even needed to ask the question. Like, I wouldn't have sat no, down and be like, no. oh, I just don't know. It's be not like, a mystery, necessarily. Yeah, like, but, like, it's also, like, not even, like, that big of a deal. Like, you would look at them and be like, oh, they're probably, like, you know, there's probably something more flamboyant about them because even, of the way they present. Even it's very uh, counterculture. Elton, uh, Elton John and uh, Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. or, uh, who were the two biggest, maybe, of, like, of that time, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean, like, I mean, I guess now we look in hindsight, we're like, whoa, we always knew that. But I guess they didn't, you know, people didn't know. They didn't have uh, out homosexuals and rock and roll, really. True. But I don't know. Uh, it's not really that important. That I mean, but I guess it no. is now. But it was, I don't I mean, I, it is, but it's not. You I, know? I, don't I know. think it was important at the time. Like, I think that this kind of like, um, are they, are they not? question was something that people were so intrigued by that also kept that conversation alive about boy george like being in the media like i would think that like a david letterman would bring him on while the the interview is uh joan rivers that's a total joan rivers move to be like so do you like men or women as like this like ooh, yeah her whole career was based on like asking uh controversial or like Mm -hmm. hot button questions right so like would he have even been featured on the joan rivers show if if she didn't have a hot button quote-unquote question to ask him you know what i mean like so i think that moments like that end up bringing more attention to those artists not that boy george was doing it 
deliberately looking for a Joan Rivers question or anything. But I do think that it is an important conversation about Boy George as an artist, not just because it was so important to people at the time, but also just because, like, uh, I don't think that there was, like, so much um, upfrontness about that representation at that time. Like, I don't think that there was a lot of people in the music industry who were so, like, comfortably out at that point in time. No, not at all. So. Boy George, everybody. Anything else that we have on Boy George at this point in time? I don't know. We didn't really. We just talked about gay stuff the whole time. No, uh, we didn't. That was literally the very last, like, two minutes. Well, well uh, uh, the other thing, uh, he was on a song with a group that I like called Antony and the Johnsons called You Are My Sister. And I've liked that song a long time, and it wasn't until this week that I figured out that Boy George was on it. I can kind of hear him, but it's not... His voice isn't like doesn't take over the song, so I never I can see why I never knew it was him. But it makes me like the song a little bit more now that uh, I know that Boy George was on there. But I don't know. I kind of think that that out that the album from twenty nineteen is better than all the rest of their stuff. Did the you you listen to it? I listened to a portion of it. Life, the George Boy George Culture Club album. What did you like about it? I think honestly, like that. What's weird about it is the styling isn't that different, really, but the production is a lot different, and it sounds newer, and it kind of just like fits because it sounds like pop music. I guess it just seems kind of refreshing in terms of like when I think about pop today, how it's all kind of very similar, and this is just kind of a different way to present pop music. That's really kind of the way they've always done it, just sounding more modern, and I think it kind of just works today. It's the last release that they've had, 2018. It was uh, produced by Future Cat, not to be uh, mixed up with Sugar Cat. I knew it. I knew you were going for Sugar Cat. Get out of the past and get into the future, Cat. Yeah, there were a couple songs that we put on the thing. Uh, he did a song with the group PM Dawn that uh, they're, they're most known for the song Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. I don't know if you, anybody of you guys know that song, but he nope. sang the song more than likely with them. And then he also sang a song uh, with a group called Toilet Boys, ah. uh, The Last Breath of the World's Greatest Rock and Roll Love Affair. Seems like a very long title. I don't know that I want The Last Breath from the Toilet Boys. And he uh, did the song for the film The Crying Game. That was uh, in the 90s after Culture Club trying to find relevance as a solo artist, which he didn't ever really do. No. Culture Club, he couldn't, he could not surpass the popularity of Culture Club. Which is difficult, especially because like a lot, well, yeah, not only that. If we would have done Culture Club, I wonder how many, like besides Do You Really Want to Hurt Me and Karma Chameleon, like would I have recognized, but a lot of the songs were like top 10 hits from their albums. They sold like 50 million records. Internationally very popular too. It wasn't like just in the UK, just in the US. Like it was very cultural. I bet they were popular. Uh, with one guy in Jamaica, at least. Oh, my. This is... That's not nice. Other people he's like part, things. He's a part of the group. That's Other what I was like things. saying, that the one part of the group is Jamaican probably liked it. Mm. That was the joke that I was doing, man. Mm. Come on now. Um, but, no, they were, like, an international success, and, like, being able to transcend being an international success outside of the era in which the music you make makes sense is hard. Like, what was he going to do? Go grunge? 
Oh, man, that would have been amazing. Grunge Boy George <laughs> would have been amazing. Oh, man. You know Mariah Carey made a, a grunge thing? I, I saw some. Did you know about that? that? Tyler, it, did you It never got that? released. I don't think they did. That's and a she, weird thing, isn't it? So she was uh, friends with somebody. Uh, one of her, I don't, I don't know if it was like a roommate or something, but uh, that this person released a grunge album, and Mariah Carey was like, it, it's been kind of uh, found out now that she did like backing vocals and even potentially lead vocals, but they're not 100 percent sure on this grunge album, but. That would have been amazing if she would have gone grunge, like fully, like Mariah Carey, like ninety mid nineties album of a grunge album. Would have changed everything. It really would have. She probably never would have got with Nick Cannon. We wish. Mm. Hmm. I guess we're done with Boy George. Yes. I don't know. I wish that uh, there was more to talk about. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I didn't because I, I I mostly didn't want to linger too long on the drug abuse issues because oh, there's I a know. lot of there's a lot of negative things that have happened throughout Boy George's life, and those are all the big bummer moments that aren't as fun. Yeah, a guy about. died in his house. Yeah, like oh boy, let's have a fun time talking about the guy who died in his house. Like you know, like hmm. maybe less fun stuff happened to Boy George is the problem. Oh, poor guy. I mean, the most fun thing you brought up, honestly, was him having to do community service. I just remember that. I just remember it was a, a Like, thing. that should be indicative of, like, the, I guess the tumultuous, tumultuous life of Boy George following, like, Culture Club. Was he is like, in movies, like, as an actual actor, I wonder? The A-Team. That was, like, the one That's thing. It. Yeah. Dang. Well, unfortunately, because he was in- because he goes by Boy George, mm-hmm. if you go on here, it's all, like, this, like music videos, and it's him yeah. and Boy like. Because a lot of times, uh, like you can look up people's uh, film career, right, uh, and find things that you would never know because, um, like, it, they go by their real name, and then you look up them as actors, and it's a little bit different. But anyways, because like uh, D. Snyder was in, he directed and wrote and starred in a uh, horror film called mm. Strangeland, mm-hmm. and then uh, Michael Jackson was in The Wiz. You know, like people have done films from that time, but I can't find any like. He was the narrator of something called The Wolves of Cromer. I don't know what that is. I have that was no idea. 1998. Hmm. And so we're going to turn around and finish this episode, I guess. Yeah. Uh, this is a difficult. I think I'm going to pick Soldier Boy. Like if it were if wow. it were if it were Culture Club versus Soldier Boy, I'd pick Culture Club. But Boy George, I don't know. He is Culture Club. No, it's a whole group. He it's wrote the songs mostly. No. He's, he's the I'm most sorry, prominent that's person. Not true. Tyler, that's not are you true. taking away the whole culture? You just removed the Jamaican completely the, from the conversation. Look at the track listing, and they're it all listed. It was a cop out. No, I bet he was a great musician. <laughs> he didn't even play anything. He was the lead singer. No, I was talking about the Jamaican. I'm saying he's removed him from. Can the you believe on uh, the the Culture Club their debut album? It was only Boy George on the cover. Like we're a band and it's only me, baby. That's it. I think that's a lot. He's of prominent on the cover on most of the covers. But the, at least the other covered members by, covered are by the listen, numbers. The listen. other guys are on it, but he's still most prominent. It's like how Daughtry is a band. <laughs> like <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, we're a band. You're literally named after the lead singer. I can't okay. believe they've been relevant like as long as they have. That's crazy. Are they still relevant? Oh man, they just put out a song like last last month. I did not know that. I just hey, was Daughtry? making a weird reference. <laughs> Anyways, I'm gonna vote for Boy George. I don't. I don't. 
I find very little enjoyment from Soldier Boy as an artist. Yeah, I'm going to vote for Boy George as well. Soldier Boy's dumb. Yeah, I figured that that one was pretty evident considering you start you He's started bad. with It's just not like the even, first sentence you he, had on the show was poo-pooing on Soldier Boy. So it was Look, pretty... even if even if it were like, you know, I know that we can use this argument sometimes of of uh maybe doing some type of a breakthrough situation or the fact that he utilized the internet to make him a bunch of money and you know, and the fact that he had these hits or whatever. But it's just, like, not good, not enjoyable music. And all in all, it doesn't really matter if you've, like, been the guy to do that thing. If it still sucks and is not as good as the other guy. So that's all I have to say about it. Thank you, Forrest Gump. The, uh, the song that Daughtry did, they covered Hunger Strike. Oh. Oh, boy. Temple of the Dog, huh? With, with a feature from the lead singer of the metal group uh, Seven Dust. Oh, it's it's interesting. It might be brought up. Well, it was it came out in May, so unfortunately, I don't know if it can come. Thank out. God, I might throw it in we the may, June episode. No, don't you throw it in. Don't oh, you go dare in. throw it, it in. Might go in. Don't you dare. All right. Uh, so for Patreon, yes, yes. Um, so a little bit of context for uh for our regular listeners. Um, we have an odd number of patrons. Uh, but we have a tie for Soldier Boy George, which implies that people. Did not vote on Soldier Boy George. So what I will say oh on this occasion is I request to all of those listening, if you'd like to have your voices heard and you will use that voice, please join our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. No more ties! That was very loud. <laughs> we have uh, so many ties lately. Well, I guess... Uh... <laughs> That by default that I means lose. that Boy George, yeah, Boy George. I was George. hoping. I mean, I figured that nobody would, nobody on the the Patreon would vote for Soldier Boy. Someone did indeed vote for Soldier Boy. You are not alone. I am not alone. Oh, he also. Did I mention how he had an action figure? Soldier Boy does. Yeah. Does he come with a little cape so he can stab no. Superman that hoe? No. Oh my. Oh my. That's You're gonna Superman. <laughs> how do you exactly say- do you Superman a hoe? Oh well, you have to put on your cape. I th- I th- I think it. Have you ever seen those videos? Oh, I don't want to get go. too far. We're already in. Uh, have you ever seen the videos of uh, the? It's like the Jamaican, um, um, like uh, dancing in clubs, and then it's voiced over by Jim Ross, the WWE announcer. Yeah. Oh, it's dance hall, Jamaican dance hall music. Yeah. And they're just like jumping off of large, <laughs> yeah. like uh, banisters onto these people and they're just falling on them and humping them they're oh supermaning those hoes so that's, good that's and jr's you... letting us know <laughs> jr's my god he's broken in half all right jeez thank you for listening to this week's edition of good band bad band let us know who you think is the good band break the tie uh Break the silence. Next uh, time we record, we'll be doing tears for Britney Spears. I hope she doesn't have any more tears. I gotta, we gotta watch that documentary they made about her. It's, it's pretty interesting. I hear. Uh, so yeah, uh, check us out next episode, and contact us about Boy George or Soldier Boy. Goodbye. Good luck.
I love weeds.